We just wrapped up with Scott Templeton and Noah Brewster, who are the owners of Proform Baseball Training up in Roseville, California. And that was an awesome episode, um, mainly because Deb was not here for this episode. And so it was just me and those guys. And so we had a great conversation. And I'm, obviously, I'm joking. I'm joking. Deb is awesome. And we definitely missed having her here. Um, you know, obviously, if anybody's been following local sports and knows what's going on with Sheldon High School, uh, you might remember that Deb is the assistant AD at Sheldon High School. And so their last couple of days have been crazy. And so uh, they just found out today that they were able to compete in the semifinals for the NorCal Regional Championship. And so she is off in uh, Dublin, California, uh, watching the Sheldon Huskies. So uh, definitely miss Deb. But as far as Scott and Noah, this was man, it's hard to, it's always hard to say that it's one of my favorite episodes, but I, I, I can say with full confidence that this is definitely one of my favorites, probably top three that we've ever done. A big piece of that is because I was joking with those guys in the episode, you know, you do these, you do these episodes with guests and you have all these questions and sometimes you get through all your questions, which is great. And then other times the conversation just happens to organically move in the direction of your questions and you expand on those questions and those topics so much that you don't get to half your questions. And I, I always feel like that's a great sign of a really good podcast where, um, you know, it just, it just felt, felt organic and they had so much knowledge, so much insight into coaching young baseball players, mentoring. And the, the beautiful thing about what they were talking about was I felt like very little of it had to do with competition or the art of hitting or how to become a better baseball player. But so much of what they were talking about had to do with how do you become a better person? How can we help you as coaches, as mentors, become better people when you go into the workforce or when you go to that next level of baseball or when you have a family? Um, so I really enjoyed it. Scott's actually a uh, former teammate of mine. We grew up playing baseball together, uh, both in youth, youth leagues and high school. He was clearly way better than I was, but it was cool catching up with him. It was cool meeting Noah for the first time. And so I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. I would definitely recommend sharing this one with uh, your young athletes, your young baseball players, but really any sport, because the the knowledge that they dropped in this one was really beneficial. And I think you guys really will really enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Scott Templeton and Noah Brewster. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combat. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and unfortunately, well, I guess I guess fortunately, Deb is not here today because, um, as everybody knows, she is the assistant AD at Sheldon High School. So if you guys have been following the news, um, there's been a lot of nonsense going on as to whether or not their high school basketball team was going to be uh, reinstated in the CIF uh, NorCal playoffs. And luckily they were, so she had to go out of town today to go watch that game. So... Um, you're stuck with me. But luckily, we have two awesome guests. We have Scott Templeton and Noah Brewster, Brewster who are the owners of Proform Baseball Training. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? How are you doing? Good, good. So Scott and I, you, you and I played ball together for the majority of our lives. Oh, yeah. You were significantly better than me, and you played a lot <laughs> longer than I did after high school and even during high school. Um, so it's cool, man. I always enjoy catching up with, um, with old teammates. I had 
PJ Peterson in here a little while ago, which was fun. We had, I hadn't seen him for a while either. So, um, and then no, I'm just meeting you. So it's, this is fun, man. It's a pleasure. A little uh, past, present, and uh, and then future. So um, we usually start off with some warm up questions. This is just some silly, goofy stuff. And usually Deb does this, but uh, today I'm going to do it. So number question number one: Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Ooh. I just found that question today. That's not a normal question we threw out there, but I thought it was interesting. I think I got that from Vice. Oh, one more time. What's the question? Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Oh, a hundred horses. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like you're not going to do much damage to a big, big old duck. I'm scared of that beak. No, for sure. That's a huge. You get that big old beak going at you. Oh, it's gonna. That's a good point. That thing scares me. I'd rather. Little small ones, you can get, kick them. We're good. <laughs> get them out of here, smack them away. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Peter listens to us, so this is an okay question. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Those birds are, are vicious. Yeah. Um, and a duck's not that bad, but like you said, it's a, what I say, a horse sized duck? Yeah. I think it's huge. Yeah. Plus, you're asking a couple of vegetarians, so, you know. Oh, both of you guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it no just vegetarian or vegan? Uh, I started, we both started out vegan. Yeah. I went vegan for about uh, just over a year. And then I started adding eggs in, you know, and some cheese here and there. A little bit of dairy just to kind of try to get a little bit more fat in and, you know, get more dietary stuff in there. Sure. But ever, okay. ever since then, it's been vegetarian, really. I lost too much weight being vegan, so I need really? some eggs. Yeah, yeah. So we've had, not to go down this tangent uh, too far, but we had a guest on. He was vegan. Uh, it was Marcellus Howard, and he was talking about how, you know, there's some myths or you know preconceived notions about being a vegan and how much weight you can gain or if you can keep on the muscle i always point to wasn't it wasn't prince fielder he was vegan wasn't he yeah which I is think, incredible I don't, I don't know if he was v was he not vegan i think he actually might have been i mean there's a lot of pro athletes that are vegan right but him it's like he's a he's a big boy a lot, of, a lot of the pro athletes too nowadays are not technically vegan but they're like plant-based so they'll yeah, eat sure. more right. plants and they'll still have you know they'll limit their meat to certain you know intake or certain grades of meat and they'll be more cautious of the meat that they eat but they'll try to stick more towards plant-based okay i mean it's definitely possible to keep your weight on especially if you're a pro athlete you got people cooking for you you got access to a lot of stuff yeah so you know (laughs) it's a little easier for those guys i think but okay well i don't want to pry too much but so your guys's choice to do or be vegetarian is that a health thing or moral thing or a little both like, was that was the first question just, offensive? No, 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 no. For me, it was more just I don't I don't necessarily agree with the the meat industry. Gotcha. And how they're raised, like industrial meat, is just I believe is very bad meat. Sure. Um, and so it's more just trying to eat healthier and eat more like quality of food. Got it. Than just I wasn't necessarily for humane rights or, or animal rights. It was right. just you know try to eat more quality food. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, so I was born with Hirschsprung's disease, which is basically like no nerve endings in your large intestine. So when I was about two days old, they go in and they actually removed a big portion of my large intestine. So like I'd been battling some stomach issues and then uh, once I switched off meat, I felt my stomach got a lot better. And then uh, I actually tried to reintroduce it again and just went back to, to what it was before. So once I got to a certain point, I was kind of like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm so used to this way of life, this dietary, you know, day to day. And so it just kind of stuck. 
Interesting. Okay. I always just like to ask. Yeah, I feel yeah. like when, when people say they're vegetarians or vegans, there's a, or plant-based. Yeah, it could be anything, yeah. right? And, and everybody has a different answer. So, okay, cool. Sure. Um, so, but that being said, so you guys would rather fight uh, a bunch of horse, little horses. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That actually is kind of a terrible question. But <laughs> That's great, so, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a weird image, right? No. Okay. Question number two. If you could step into someone else's shoes and trade lies with them for one week, who would it be? Oh, God. There's a bunch. I guess it depends on what realm we're talking here. It's to, I'll, say, I'll say this: there's we've asked this, a similar question twice before, and the answer was the same. I honestly, for me, probably Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. You know yeah, I mean, he's just a great guy. And then too, like just the, I mean, he's the best baseball player in the world. And I, yeah, and in my opinion, there's been some guys that have had seasons that were comparable. But as far as just the talent and yeah. the consistency, like, I don't think anybody's close yet. Mostly, too, just to see, like, what does the baseball look like to that guy? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's got to be a beach ball every time he's up there. Something. Right. Well, the first person that came to my mind is Michael Jordan. That's not a bad choice either. Just because of just the work ethic, the athleticism that he has, just to see the day in the life that that guy put in to, to reap all the benefits that, you know, that he inaculates that he got. Right. There's got to be something behind the scenes that, you know, you only hear stories about. Right. You know, and, and just people telling you how hard he worked. Let's let's see how it, how it actually was. Yeah, those are those are both great answers. And um, because he was, you know, he, he gave up basketball and tried to play baseball. Which I feel like when you, you hear people, I think like Bill Simmons has talked about it maybe. It's not, he wasn't quite as bad as people made him seem. Probably no. still not as good as, you know, um, he wished he was. But not, as, not quite as bad as it may be seen. But he wasn't the same baseball player that he was a basketball no, player. of course, no. But the fact that you can even think about doing that oh, is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's just the athletic ability. I mean, even Tim Tebow, it's the work ethic, I think. Right. To, mm -hmm. to be able to have success. It's like you're hoping if you're a scout, you're hoping that that guy's coming over and taking what he did in basketball and the work ethic that he brought and the drive and determination and applying it there. Right. And the athletic ability, of course, but at the same time, it's like athletic ability can only go so far without that ethic. You know? Right. So. Absolutely. Love it. Those are two good answers. The, the answer we get usually is The Rock. Yeah. Everyone wants to say The Rock, which... It's a good one. Which is cool, but like, I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. I do. It's, it's mm -hmm. exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. I don't know how he does it. Well, I've... Because I've, I'm a big fan of him, yeah. but... Um, I've uh -oh. read stuff on him where he, no matter what, he gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning, does like an hour on the elliptical, does got has his own routine, and then by 10 o'clock, he's, he's strength training. And he huh. does that every single day, damn near. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. No um, matter what time he goes to sleep, he's always waking up at the same time, doing getting his routine in and, and going. It's like... That's pretty good. You can't tell, but I, I actually go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning. Oof. And there are days if I go to bed at the wrong time, like this morning, I didn't go. Really hard. Oh, that yeah, alarm yeah, clock yeah. Uh, just is not, um, is not present to my ears. Yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy that you have that. I heard Mark Wahlberg's the same thing. Yeah. I heard his is really, really bizarre. I actually heard it yesterday. It's something like he goes to bed at like 7 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. then he wakes up at 2, and I think he golfs almost every day at the same time. But I heard he golfs by himself. Now, I'm not a golfer, but I imagine golfing by yourself would be bizarre. I mean, it's probably peaceful. It's like, sure. you know, meditative maybe, you know, for that's him. That's true. To, maybe that's what he's going for instead yeah. of like competitive. Because like for me, like going to the gym anyways and working out is like my time to decompress. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I've never been a big class guy, but that's for that reason is I just don't want to have that conversation. I like to like have my time, you know? <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I that get makes that, sense. you know, Especially. 
No, yeah. I mean, golfing by yourself, it, it can be weird, but at the same time, you can get around in in two hours where you play with other people. It's, you know, typical rounds, four hours. So you wake up, you get Makes up, sense. you get up early enough, you go out there and you're done. You tee off at seven, you're done by nine. You still have a lot, a lot of the day to accomplish some other things. Especially if you're playing with me, because I'm, I'm trying to find my ball half the time. So <laughs> kill some time. You there know? you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just give up. No, just round. give yeah. up. And I'm like, I'm, oh, over, I'm, over, it, I'm over this. Twelve holes in, I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm done. Let's go. I'm, I'm uh, chasing my ball around this course. Yeah. I've gone one time nine holes. It was with my, <coughs> my girlfriend. Well, she's my wife now, and she was doing it for a PE class because she's a PE teacher. And uh, it was awful. Yeah. She bought a whole new set of balls, and we lost all of them. It's yeah. like, wh what am I doing out here? I should have just <laughs> drove you around in the car, and you could have golfed and, and learned whatever you were supposed to. Um, but So those are good answers. So this last one is um, is a question that Debs kind of made her signature question just because it's it's a tough one. And uh, it, I don't want to say it stumps people, but it's, it's just kind of a bit. It's a simple question, but it's a big question. If there is a, a life song that you had that basically described how you feel about life right now, what would that song be? And it's not, it's a, like a song that's currently out there. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know if I can answer that one. That's, yeah, it's a tough one. It kind of rotates a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I know enough like titles off the top of my head. Okay. It's more <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I like that song, grooving to that song today. Okay. Or, or the month, and then it, it kind of rotates, but I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a brutal yeah. question. She loves asking that question for that reason, where people are just like, I have no idea. She gets some people that would like fire off a, an answer right away. Yeah, so yesterday, Kevin Bracey, uh, he's a motivational speaker. He was our guest, and he had one right away. It, uh, he said, right now, the song is Blue Magic by Jay-Z. I forgot what his reason was. Yeah. He kind of he ripped off a couple of uh, bars, so yeah. I, I'm not going to try to repeat what he said. Um, but yeah, he had a specific reason for it. Some people are like, yeah, I'll have to let you know. And then they end up, you know, DMing us later saying, oh, I finally got that song. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough one. That is a really, I mean, that's a really tough one offhand just because it really does rotate. It depends on what, yeah. I mean, your songs change based on where your mood's at, right? So like sometimes yeah. you're like, you know, in a more happy, positive mood and sometimes you're on a low. So it just depends on, on where you're at. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's just the truth of it. Yeah. We're gonna skip past that one because, yeah. and she's gonna be bummed too that she missed that because she loves responses like that. Was like, I have no idea. Yeah. This is too hard. So, <laughs> cool. You guys survived the warm up questions. So now we'll now we'll jump into the stuff that's actually about you guys. So, um, for both of you guys, what is your or what? Yeah, what was your coaching and athletic background? I don't know who wants to start, but uh, for me, I mean, I've played baseball. I've played all sports basically all the way up through high school. Um, I was big in football. Wanted to go play college football, hurt my back. Um, ended up redshirting, took two years off, 18 with a bulging disc in my back, could barely touch my knees. Um, I felt like an 80 year old grandpa basically walking <laughs> around at the age 18. So I ended up just kind of taking that off, went to school, didn't do very good without sports in school. Ended up coming back and playing sports and playing baseball. Gave that shot again. Ended up playing four years of college baseball. Uh, two at Sierra, and then I got a scholarship to Sonoma State um, oh, nice. and finished off. Um, and then right after that, through that process, me and me and Noah met at Sierra, um, which we can get into. Um, and then, um, so right after Sonoma was done, we ended up getting into coaching together. Um, started doing what we do now 
um, and been really been doing that ever since, you know, private training, coaching, you know, all the ages, more kind of that travel ball era. Sure. Um, and then I got into JC level college coaching and I've been, I did that for four years. I did three years at Yuba college, um, and then one year at Sierra. So I've okay. been doing that stuff ever since really. I mean, baseball has been, been in my life ever since T-ball. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Okay. We had, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a bunch of guys that we played with went to Sonoma state, right? Like was did Lincoln go there? Lincoln went there. Yeah. He was long beach and then he transferred back okay. to Sonoma. Um, Garber, yeah. Garber was Garber there. Garber went yeah. there. Okay. Actually, with him, I actually played high school, college, junior college, and Division two with him. So I like. Oh, that's my crazy. Whole baseball career been with that's him. That's funny. Was that intentional? High school. Was no. That, that just happened that way. It just happened. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Noah? Shoot. Um, I played baseball pretty much my whole life. I kind of specialized at a young age. I was about 12 years old, coming off a soccer field. And it was the last game of the season. My dad looked at me and kind of looked at him, and I said, I don't want to go back and do that anymore. And so from that point forward, it was 100% baseball. Okay. Um, I had two older siblings, too, that I always watched playing baseball. My sister, who was a baseball player, she actually played varsity baseball for high school. Oh, nice. Um, at a Division One in Southern California. Wow. She got beat out by Nick Punto, who was a major league baseball player, future yeah, yeah. big leaguer. So. Right. Um, that's kind of an interesting story. So, I mean, I was, I was watching them and so I kind of specialized. She actually ended up, uh, playing soccer at Cal Poly Pomona and then she went and played uh, professionally in Denmark after that. So wow. she gave up baseball once, you know, she got beat out and then, um, I just continued, um, uh, through high school, pretty much capped out at high school. I mean, I played, I tried out at Sierra college, but I mean, my, my youth and high school career is kind of funny i never really paid too much attention to grades even though i probably should have mm-hmm. uh, i had a lot of voices in my ear saying to focus on that stuff and i kind of spent more time with baseball and friends right so you have like different things that you can put your attention into and i chose baseball and friends when if i really wanted to be serious about it i probably should have done baseball and schooling mm-hmm. and those should have been my my focuses mostly because the friends that you have in high school aren't necessarily the ones that you're going to have forever and so for them to, to kind of stray me away um, I let that happen. And then coming out of high school, I actually tore my meniscus. And then um, I had a couple offers, Division One, UCLA, USC, both both recruited me. Um, set of my transcripts, they kind of laughed at me. Mm. Like, what are you going to do with a, a 2.5 yeah. GPA, right? So, like, I'm always a, I was always a, a risk to, to be go, become ineligible. Um, and then so from there, tore my meniscus, tried to rehab, didn't really um, go the surgery route, and then – a uh, couple games back in after I thought everything was good, slid into the backstop, tore my meniscus again. Jeez. And then from that point forward, uh, kind of strayed away from baseball a little bit. And then I was living in Southern California at the time. Um, that's where I grew up. And then I uh, got the itch when I was like 22 years old. This was like 2009, maybe 2009. And uh, tried out at Sierra College. And that's where I actually met Scott. And then from there, they asked me to redshirt as a catcher bad knee hadn't played baseball in a long time and so they asked me to retro I was like I'm a 22 year old hurt catcher I should probably hang him up so so I hung sure. him up and sure. uh actually found a job at hard 90 catching baseballs oh, off yeah. uh, sitting on a bucket yeah it's a, a big you know travel ball um organization catching baseballs on a bucket from 12 year old kids wasn't allowed to instruct just sat there and 
taught baseball, even though I wanted to, to coach. So you, I don't, want, I don't mean to interrupt you, but so you weren't allowed to. I mean, they they had guy, they had their guys, right? So like, they, they had guys that you know knew more than I did at the time, and uh, I was just starting, Got you know. It. And that makes sense. Uh, so I, I kind of worked my way up there. I just kept bugging him, asking for more work, and then finally worked my way up to a, a, a integral piece of that organization. Kind of bounced around a little bit uh, from there, and then was always in communication with Scott about starting something and. Uh, so we set out in 2013. We started up Elite Athletics, which was a 20,000 square foot training facility, and had a college style weight room, had eight batting cages, mm-hmm. fully retractable, and it was a big production. And it was right in the heart of Roseville. It was a perfect spot. Right. And um, so we did that for a long time. It was always just kind of break even, floating around that that um, that level. And then in 2016, we partnered with Louisville Slugger, and those guys moved into our facility. Took over the lease. We rent cages from them, and that's when uh, in 2016, that's when Proform Baseball was born. So we've been I've been doing this all together for about 10 years now, coaching um, privately, um, collegiate. I did a, a summer with the Lincoln Potters. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So yeah. I kind of kind of been around the block a little bit with the youth sports for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, between just hearing what you guys just said, between both of you guys, I mean, that's a lot of experience between playing at a high level, coaching. Um, training and then also the like overcoming injuries Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a lot of experience packed into you know two coaches athletes Mm -hmm. so i imagine that stuff has got to give you a huge upper hand when you're training young athletes right yeah i mean i mean it it the stuff that i guess that we've been through and you know especially for me of going through the the realm of everything of you know when i was playing coming out of sierra i was talking to a bunch of scouts and heard a bunch of stuff you know you're gonna get drafted you know in the 10th round by the phillies you know this and that and then it doesn't happen right and so you go from a high to the one of the highest highs and then all of a sudden you have to rebound from that and then going to sonoma state where it wasn't a good fit for me. It was always just a mental thing. And I didn't really necessarily have a mentor through the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily the big, most outgoing person in general anyway. Like I don't really like go and seek help. I let stuff kind of fester sometimes and then work it through myself. And then, okay, this is how I'm going to get out of it. Um, and so going through a lot of that stuff at, at Sonoma, you know, and then being done you know, didn't didn't play a lot at Sonoma just because a whole bunch of things. Wasn't performing the way I could. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with a lot of the mental stuff that I was, mental stress that I was putting on myself to perform. Wasn't seeing eye to eye with the philosophies, you know, all this other stuff. So when I got done playing, I hung up the cleats and I was just like, I felt like I took a weight off my shoulders. Like I was just, whew, I'm done. Yep. But now going, you know, and, and going back to these these kids that we're coaching, it's you can relate. You have you have so like a high and a low, and you know how like hey hey dude, I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there at a higher level, you know, and you you find different ways to help the kid mentally. It's not not necessarily always about a physical attribute. It's not always about like hey you need to do this better. You need to like change the mechanic and do this it, sometimes it's just get them to think differently get them to understand what's going on and teach them how to respond differently 
And so that's I good. think that's what, what really helps us and, and helps me a lot of times is, you know, going through so much adversity through the playing um, and then taking that and using that to help guide younger kids through the process. Yeah, that's good. Well, especially, I mean, if you, if you can have that mindset where you take those things you learned when you were in those valleys and you apply it to what you're doing now and other people can benefit from it, then those things, I mean, as difficult as they may have been in the moment, um, it wasn't all for naught, right? Like mm-hmm. someone else is getting the benefit of it and hopefully can avoid those things. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's a great that's a great mentality. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I went through is it's, it's kind of how I believe is like you're gonna you're gonna learn people say like learn from my mistakes, right? But like right. you're you're gonna learn the most from making your own mistakes. But at the same time, like, you know, when we were going when I was going through all this training stuff, there weren't too many other coaches that I felt like aligned with the same mindset as me as far as the coaching is concerned, because I was there for more than just the uh, monetary exchange that that tends to be something that's pretty common nowadays. It was more, you know, taking it upon myself to be a mentor to the kid, a friend, you know, and I, I view a lot of the, the kids that we work with as peers. I never, you know, try to be, you know, I'm coach, respect me, this, that, and the other thing like that, that style of coaching. So being able to take the stuff that I went through and explain to them, like, you know, if a kid comes to me and, and mom says he's struggling in school, it's like, look, man, been there. Don't want to go down that road mm. and try to talk them through that whole process at the same time I mean, we still do a lot of the physical adjustments and things of that sort but um you know it was funny because there was a period where where parents would be like you know he needs a, a therapy session and really all that is is like he just comes in like we just talk to him talk mm-hmm. to the kid and just a lot of these guys they just you know they're dealing with their parents but they don't have like a, another strong uh adult you know role model in their lives that they feel like they can you know communicate with and so for us being able to take the lessons that I've, I've learned myself, you know, regardless of what everybody was telling me is like, I made those mistakes. I learned from those mistakes myself. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that somebody had had the conversations that I'm having with these kids. I wish somebody had had that heart to heart or genuine conversation with me. They told me, you know, better keep your grades up. But they never really explained that why, or like we're in a vulnerable state, vulnerable enough state to, to let you know, like what you're about to go through, because a lot of the people that I was around <coughs> didn't go through that. Right. You know, so for me, uh, being able to take those lows and being able to take those hard lessons that I learned and, and put those into the young guys, I mean, that's 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 the goal to me. You yeah, know? there's a lot of times too. Is like we'll have a heart to heart with the kid, and we'll get on them. Like there's, I have no issues getting on a kid, and, sure. and you know, not yelling at them, but like you know, Pushing. making them realize like it's more it's more than just baseball you know you're really trying to teach them almost life lessons through the process of teaching them how to hit or teaching them how to be better at baseball you know it's the work ethic that you put into trying to become a better hitter a better baseball player is the same work ethic you have to take trying to get your job and and excel and, and get your promotion later in life mm-hmm. you know and and there's times where I'll get on a kid and, and it will be more talking and it'll be more kind of like, for lack of a better word, disciplinary stuff, you know, and, and getting them to focus. And they may hate you for that session. And I <laughs> like, hey, you're going to hate me yeah. now, but you're going to thank me later. Yeah. And and like and I'll take I'll take a lot of the burden. You know, when they fail, it's it's I'll take it. I, I failed you, whatever. But there's a lot of times, too, though, when when. I do that or when we'll do that and the, the parents will they'll go pick up the baseballs and the parents will, will just go hey thank you mm-hmm. you know because a lot of times too it's the 
we're saying the same stuff that their parents or their mom or dad is telling them. They're just not hearing it. But they're not hearing it. And yeah. I always tell them too, because we'll get we'll get dads in there and, and they'll say, you know, hey, they just don't want to listen to us anymore. It's like, yeah, I get it. Like you have to understand your your parent, your dad in all aspects of life. Hey, go clean your room. Hey, go do your chores. Go do your homework. Go do this. Go do that. You need to do this. So like when it comes to like a leisure or fun activity for the kid and then you start kind of barking orders a little bit, where are they going to revert to? They're going to like, oh, he's telling me how to do something. So all of a sudden, like they're going to snap right to a certain feeling that that gives them and it's not going to be fun anymore. You know, so you you got to understand that like, hey, your your parents in all aspects of life, sometimes they just need somebody else or they just need to figure it out on their own and and let them have that as their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes white noise, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay, here's, a, here's another thing, like you said, that you know, dad's telling me again, and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. So and that's, that's, I don't know, that's the cool thing about you know, what you guys do and what all coaches do, because when you really think about it, especially once you start playing high school sports, right? The coaches are gonna be around your athlete. If you're a parent, your athlete, more than you are most likely during mm-hmm. a season, right? Because you're practicing right after school. They're at school all day. You practice after school. Then they're home, probably doing homework or something like that. So the the role of a coach in an athlete's life is huge. Super and so if important. they take that that mentoring side of it, which you guys both mentioned, you know, in, on separate occasions, mm-hmm. um, the importance of having a mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they take that side of it seriously, they can have a massive impact, mm-hmm. and even bigger than the field. And then hopefully it translates to the field as well, where it takes their game to the next level. So, you know, when you guys are talking about be, like finding mentors or being a mentor, Scott, you said that you didn't have a mentor back when you were playing college. It doesn't have to necessarily be another athlete, like an athlete that's been there before. It doesn't have to be a coach. It can really be anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, you're really just looking to somebody that can really listen to you, I guess. It's almost like a, a therapist in a, in a sense, you know, yeah. listen to what you have going on um and not take a side and then try to spin it and and help you kind of think about certain things differently you know rather than because when you're thinking about it you once one negative thing goes into your head it's it's a seed and it just sprouts it grows it takes over all the positive stuff it like it it you just go straight negative right so you trying to figure it out like okay you're going to do this and then you think you have it done and it doesn't work it's like where, where are you going to go? You're going to, you don't know. So like right. if you have somebody to, to keep, to keep you sane and keep you level and, and help you just see yourself through the process. I mean, it's a, it's game changing to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as like mentors is concerned, like nobody, nobody that's successful or got to the, the highest ranks or wherever you're trying to get to, nobody got there alone. Right. You know, they, they're crutching on other people. They're getting help from other people, you know? And I think it's, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like you know a common theme now, but people are people are kind of afraid to like lean on people, and really like that's how you're going to get to be successful. That's where you're going to you know find the strength and the support from other people to be able to help you get through those times. You know whether they're going through the same thing, like everybody's you know per, the the circumstances might be different, but the context is relatively same. Everybody's been through hardship, right? Or everybody's been through. Um, some sort of failure and you, you know having somebody that's on the side that you can talk to and express you know what you're going through and how to get some outside perspective 
and be able to work yourself through that. I mean, I think that's super important for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, whatever. It doesn't have to be a coach. It can be anybody, but, but I think that's necessary. I think that the more people are uh, willing to put themselves out there and be a little bit more vulnerable and don't try to bottle things up and think, like, I'm just going to handle everything myself. Right. I mean, that's, that, that to me is a recipe for disaster. You just got to be willing, you know? Right. Well, I think, you know, I don't want to speak too generally, but I think typically guys, especially athletic, you know, athlete, guy athletes tend to wrestle with that a little bit more, right? Because I don't know if, I think of some guys, at least guys that I've mentored, saw it as weakness. Like, I can't ask for help. Like, mm-hmm. I've got to, you see a lot of these motivational videos, right, where they're talking about grind, grind, grind. Mm-hmm. We just interviewed a coach a couple of weeks ago. He said that. He's like, I hate that word grind. He's like, it's, the way they use it is great, mm-hmm. but when you think about it, grinding is not really a good thing right no. you're, 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 anything that grinds in life is breaking down exactly and so i think we sometimes as athletes we have that mentality where it's like i gotta just you know hustle and keep going by myself mm-hmm. when really you're not gonna you're not gonna get the most out of yourself if you're not like you said leaning on other people mm-hmm. you know well, I, mean? I think it's it's too it's just that prideful thing yeah you know guys are or men are or especially in the athletic world or even anywhere it's it's a big prideful thing it's it's you know, it's the human nature of things, you know, all the way down to, to primates, you know, and, and sure. animals, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's one guy fighting another for, or, you know, one lion fighting another lion for territory and, and he's the king. So, you know, it's just that, I think it just boils down to that prideful thing and that, right. that again, that, you know, and that society raises, you know, it's ego that raises yeah. us to do. Yeah. So you go, yeah. man, I, I got here myself. Everybody wants to say that I, I did it. I accomplished it. I got here by myself. They want to, you know, have that torch and that trophy and say, that's me, you know, in reality, like it's no winning team or, or a person that's at the top. You have trainers, you have therapists, you have coaches, you have uh, dietitians. I mean, it takes a freaking uh, herd or village of people to be able to have that success. Right. So right. like, I think that a lot of people misunderstand, the vulnerability or the openness or the willingness to be able to speak is weakness when really that takes a whole lot more strength to be open and expressive to somebody than to just bottle it up. Anybody can bottle it up. Right. Right. Anybody, anybody around can get irritated with, with whatever it is. It takes a a different person or a different type of person, different type of strength to be able to crutch or lean into that and not, not shy away from it. Right. You know, absolutely. And it's, I think that whole the mentor mentee coach athlete thing is a it's a really interesting dynamic and I think there's a lot more levels to it like as we've been talking about right now than I think maybe meets the eye because as you guys were talking about too you Scott Scott you were saying you have no problem just telling a kid how it is which is important and I think people especially you know here with character combine characters in the title sometimes I think I've had conversations with coaches and they're assuming that when you say characters okay it's like this this mushy thing we're, we're more care, uh, more concerned about character rather than winning it's like no 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 like all of those things go hand in hand and they, they're supposed to work together mm-hmm. and same thing it's like we bring a lot of motivational speakers in and, and they're talking about positivity but positivity doesn't mean that you let things go mm-hmm. as a coach if you yeah. see a kid messing around or if you see him not him or her not getting the grades they should be you would not be loving that athlete if you did not say hey if you didn't call him out like you said and i think there's sometimes there's a disconnect between the two things it's like you don't have to be hard on them mm-hmm. all the time, but when it's necessary, you have to be hard on them. Yeah. Because they're not going to benefit it well, from I think it otherwise. There's, there's a fine line nowadays in, with right. it all, and that's the hard part. It's That's interesting, yeah. Coaches are, are scared to say the wrong thing. Sure. One little misstep of a word, and the kid goes back and tells the parent, 
and then the parent goes to somebody higher or the organization or this and that, right. and the dude gets fired or the right. coach gets fired. Right. But like it's there's no. I remember growing up and and I was a big football junkie, and I loved the the army mentality of the coaches of the yelling, the screaming, like. You know, it wasn't all yelling and screaming, but at the same time, it was hard-nosed coaching style. Right. Like it was, it was raising, like it was getting you discipline. It was getting you like through the stuff. It was, it wasn't supposed to be easy. And right. nowadays, like we're training the youth to that it's all it's it's handed to them. Everybody right. gets a trophy nowadays, a participation right. trophy. It's like right. for what? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, like you don't like yeah cool but you you have like there's no discipline there's no being instilled because everybody like the coaches are now scared to like coach a certain way right by society by the whole movements nowadays and it's like don't be too hard on on johnny you know because his feelings might get hurt but we want you to mentor him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Like, do know, a great like, job mentoring. But, but yeah. But then, yeah. too, it's like, you know, some parents, I feel like, are, you know, they go right to the side. They don't go, well, what did you do to deserve that? Like, or not to deserve it, but what did you do to have him say this? Or what was the meaning behind it? They right. don't they don't go deeper into why it was like, oh, he did this. Okay, that's, that's not right. Right. You know, it's like, there's got, like... There is a fine line, but at the same time, like you have to let coaches coach to raise your kid a certain way. Like, and, and again, there's through sports, and that's why sports were so great for me. Is like I had other guys coaching me and teaching me life lessons through the through my playing career. Right. You know, and and were hard on me, I, you know, and and didn't let me get away with certain things. But nowadays, like you kind of have to let them get away with it because. I don't want to lose my job. Which is crazy because, you know, like we've been talking about, you guys both mentioned when they graduate high school, whether or not they play at the next level, when they get a job, job, it's not like your boss is like, oh, you know what, you're right. Your parent came in and said that whatever you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doesn't like, happen. Yeah. No, you're, you're gone. Yeah. Like you're fired. You lose your job. Yeah, 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 like it's yeah. not, it's not the real world. So you, it is a, late it, to practice or whatever. So. Right. And you know, it's all good. You, you woke up late, your alarm clock didn't go off you get to keep your job. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And so it, I imagine that would be a frustrating thing for you guys. And especially with what, and I don't know the ins and outs of, of your guys' world as far as specifically teaching the skills of baseball mm -hmm. and when you specialize like that. But I have to imagine that if, I don't even know if you guys can answer this question. I'm sure there's a lot of situations where a parent is right there. Mm -hmm. The oh, entire yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any kind of policy or any kind of internal policies like, hey, like, because I know some high school coaches and teams, like you can't be at practice. Oh yeah, yeah. You can yeah, yeah. you can watch from the hill all the way with your binoculars, but you can't be near the field. Yeah. Do you guys have something in place to protect those types of situations? I think, yeah. And like, just to go back real quick on the positivity thing is yeah. like it's not about it's not about the the words that you're saying as being positive. Is like go Johnny, you're the best, everything's great. It's right. it's the the outcome that you're looking for and the intention behind it. Right. So like a coach can be hard on a kid, but his his, out, his intention behind being hard on a kid is to have a positive outcome. So right. I think that, that everybody's so sensitive about the words that are being said when it's really they're, they're missing the point when it comes to that. No parent is positive to Johnny all the time. But when you are <laughs> negative yeah. to Johnny, right. your intentions and your hope is that the outcome is positive. 
Right. And so like for me, positive coaching is what am I trying to coach this kid up on and how's that outcome? How, how is what I'm doing now going to get a positive outcome? It might not be positive in the moment, right? And the kid might not take it as a positive. He's going to learn a lesson that is going to, that is going to adjust the way that he goes about things for the future so that he can have more positive outcomes in the future. So I think right. that, that the whole, you know, positive coaching outcome thing is like, and it's not all you can you can get on a kid and stay hard on a kid but but at the same time like you have to understand what what is your your desire for that outcome from that you well, know right and i feel like and you guys correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like it also depends on the personality of the athlete that mm-hmm. you're working with there's certain guys that trying you, to learn you, yeah in order to get through to them you have to ratchet it up to that next level of 100%. okay yeah he kind of you know he sounds like he's being brutal with that kid but you have to understand that kid needs, needs it. that yeah and you're probably not going to be as tough or as vocal or loud with a kid that doesn't need that because mm-hmm. it doesn't call for it right you know it's not, it's like a it depends right so yeah. what coaching is is coaching is learning your your personalities it's learning it's the, the learning coaching the people that right. you're working with because they're people they're not like you know no person is going to be the same or react the same right. you as a coach have to understand what that kid needs in that situation and then how to deliver it in the best possible way to be able to get the outcome, that positive outcome that you're looking for. Some guys don't like being blown up in the middle of the field. You learn that very quick because you can see how their body language is. You can see how their, their demeanor, did they react positively or did they react negatively? A lot of coaches out there don't read that. Right. They don't see that. And they keep hammering out on, on Johnny the same way when it's like, hey, you know what? Let me switch my approach real quick. Maybe if I pulled them off the field, put my arm around them, said, hey, these are the things that you did wrong have an adult man-to-man conversation. Right. This is how you fix it. And then send him on his way. Maybe that kid doesn't like being embarrassed. Maybe you felt embarrassed. Maybe you felt right. you know stupid in that situation where you, know, you continue to, to put that kid in that same hole and eventually, A, he's either gonna not respond or make adjustments, or B, he's right. gonna quit. Right. You know? And so right. it's like learning, yeah. it's learning that. You know? I think you also too, like, what we do a, gr- a great job at is, is just developing relationships first. I think you have to you have to try to feel out what kind of relationship you have with the kid and then depending on where that goes and leads to then okay like I have a good relationship with him I can I can say what I need to say right. without him you know you can have fun with him like you have fun you have fun and then all of a sudden like all right you kind of flip the script and then they go oh he means business. Like right. I better, I better do this, right? right? But then you go back to having, you know, a, a positive relationship with the kid. But like, just like you're saying, it's you have to have that relationship first, to and gain the trust. And then once you have the trust, and you don't break the trust, you can you can go pretty far with with how you want to coach a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's huge. Anytime. And this is a question I have for you guys. You guys can. Uh, answer answer this one too right now but i feel like anytime we ask at, or, uh, our guests who uh who was a, a major influence in their life whether it's a coach or a teacher every time and, and maybe it's the same for you guys every time the answer is not well i remember when coach in the fourth quarter of the section playoff football game called this play and we won the game it's never anything like that mm-hmm. it's always man i remember when coach i was struggling and i was in the hospital i broke my leg and coach was the first person to come see me or was the first person to text me so for you guys, obviously, for, I just want to say this too. This has been a, so far. It's been a really good podcast. Um, and have you guys considered doing your own podcast? No. You you may you may want to because this is pretty this is pretty solid. It's about before that. We missed the question. <laughs> I glossed over that one about the parents. So oh, we did. Okay. So, so look, go back. Go back. Yeah, to yeah, that. Let's go back to that one. We had teams. We ran our teams, and I made okay. a rule before we even started these teams. Said no parents at practice. You're not allowed in our facility. 
when Johnny comes to practice, he's ours. When he goes home, he's yours. And the reason being is because I don't want him looking over his shoulder for mom and dad's help or Mm -hmm. approval or disapproval when I'm coaching. If I need to make him run, he's going to run. Right. You know, and and I'm very clear about, like, if we are running, it's not a punishment. It's a reminder that you need to do something a different way. And so, like, most kids think running is punishment. It's not. But, but when I'm getting on somebody, the last thing I want is that slow head turn right. where he looks over his shoulder to see if mom is watching me or listening. Like, brother, he can't help you right now. Right. <laughs> you know? Because when yeah, you're in yeah. the box right. or when you're, you're right. you know, between the white lines, like, nobody can help you but you at right. that moment, you know, or your teammates. But at the same time, like, you know, having a kid play free and easy and talk about personality changes. When I get a kid when he's with mom and dad, Versus when I get that kid when he's without, oh my God. Oh, yeah. It is night and day. That kid opens up. You have more conversation. His body language changes. He's more receptive. He's more open. Right. And then mom and dad walk in and it's like this tight statue. Yeah, exactly. He freezes up. And you're yeah. like, okay, so if I have a whole team of guys that are like that, right. then what? how's that going to impact our performance? And how's that going to impact his development and growth? Like at a certain point, like you got to spread your wings and fly, my man. Right. You can't crutch on mom and dad. They're not going to help you. Like you said with the job stuff, is like they're not going to help you get out of being late or not doing your tasks. Right. You get fired, you're fired. You can't write an email to the principal and say, like, this right. guy did me wrong. <laughs> like, no shot. Right. The CEO's like, no way. Well, it's like even like in relationships, right? Like I've, I've joked on here before, like in my marriage, if if we're having some issues and we're fighting about something, I'm like, I call my dad. It's like, hey, dad, uh, can you can you talk to Rachel because we're we're struggling right now. He's like, yeah, get, let me text her right now. I was like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. No, no like, shot. You're like you said, you're in the arena. It's, it's yeah. you and the other person, or you yeah. by yourself. You gotta you gotta suck up and deal with it. Yeah. You know, uh, I might I'm not gonna lie. I might try that one day and just to see how she reacts. Get, yeah, get yeah. the text from my mom or dad. <laughs> the like, she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. no, nah, it was just a joke. Yeah. It might get me in more trouble. But, <laughs> For sure. Um, but no, that's, I think that's a great point. Um, but so go, now, so now going back to the question, for you guys, who were some great coaches, mentors, who, whoever, that had a major impact on your life and kind of explains why you guys are at where you're at right now? I mean, for me, it's pretty easy. My coach growing up, baseball coach, I mean, nowadays you get kids that, that jump ship on travel ball teams, not starting shortstop or batting four, and they just switch jerseys and switch teams. So by the end of it, they got this closet full of jerseys. Well, back in the day, Southern California, there were 10 teams in all of Southern California when I was playing travel ball. So you had 10 options, right? And most of them, like we were driving 45 minutes to to Corona Del Mar and back every day just for this one coach. And we stayed with him from the time I was 10 years old until I was 18. Wow. And yeah, nonstop, whether I was playing or not, I mean, the the response, like if I wasn't playing, the response from my dad was like, you don't like your playing time or your situation, change it. I'm not changing teams. Right. You know, and so... Now it's it's the culture has changed a lot, but you know for him the thing that that struck me the most with him is that he could be the hardest person in the world on you, drive home a point, and five minutes later be totally cool. Hmm. And so, you know, having that sort of having that sort of relationship with somebody is like when when you went about something the wrong way, he let you know, and he let you know in the most sometimes the most abrasive way. <laughs> Right. But okay. at the same time, like yeah. it was it was earning credit. We He had such a great relationship with kids and with right. with us right. that like he had the credit to do that. One of the things that he always told us is like he showed up every single day, every day he showed up. So because he showed up every single day, he had he earned the right to say things to us and 
and drive home points without us getting offended. If you're a coach and you're seeing a kid one or two days a week and you try to blow him up on one or two days a week, like you don't have the credit with that guy to be able to do that. Right. I mean, really, and, and, and to be able to bounce back. The fact is that like one day, you know, you could run for an hour and a half. And then you come out the next day or by the end of practice, and it was like he was just a, he was a peer. He was back to normal. Right. And so, like, I felt like him, for instance, for, for, for me anyways, was he was like my second dad because I spent – it was like what you're saying. You spend more time with this guy than you do with your parents sometimes at a certain age, you know, and, right. and then it only, it only extends beyond that, right. right? So, like, majority of the lessons that I was learning from that guy is, like, watching him interact with other people and watching his mannerisms and, and how he was able to drive home points – and de- demand results, but also get results, not only on a physical level, but a personal level and a mental level as well. And there was a reason why we didn't switch teams. You know, the guy was great. And had it been all abrasive and no relationship, then that might have been a little bit different because my performance probably wouldn't have shown or progress wouldn't have shown. So then we'd make a decision to, to change teams at that point. But, you know, the progress was always there. And the lessons that he was teaching us was always there. Yeah. And then, too, I love the fact that he didn't care. He didn't care if you were a parent or not. He said exactly what was on his mind at exactly that moment. That's huge. And take it or leave it. And that was how he, that was how he kind of operated through all that stuff. And it was the same thing for, for you know, the players and all that stuff. He just he, – he was very direct. He wanted things done a certain way. And when they were done a certain way, he, he, he would positively congratulate you. Right. And then when they weren't, he would let you know. And he right. was there was no hot and cold. It wasn't up and down. It was like very consistent. And I think that for me, uh, I responded best to that because it was it, you always knew what you were going to get. It wasn't right. it wasn't different day by day, you know. Yeah. So and his name's John Elliott, Quakes Baseball Academy down in Southern California. Shout out to Coach Elliott. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah, that's a lot awesome. of a lot of big yeah. league guys. He's gotten a lot of guys to Major League Baseball. I mean, we played with some guys like Danny Espinosa, played for the yeah. Nationals and yeah. guy Kyle Higashioka. I watched him, he caught uh, he's sitting next to uh, Garrett Cole in spring training. I mean, wow. these are guys that I played with and grew up with, and he produced a lot down there. And it was because of his coaching style. He knew a lot. And then also, too, it was just really great with us, you know? That's awesome. So Cool. What about you, Scott? Uh, thinking about it while he's talking, I, I came up with two. Okay. Um, one you might know, um, Coach U. Yeah. At, at yeah, yeah, CASA yeah. Football. Yep. Um. And then the other was probably is probably Coach Dub Rob Wilson at, at Sierra. Yeah, um, <laughs> only for the, the fact that that I had great relationships with them, and yeah. like I right from the get go. And and I think what what always hurt me as an athlete was never the physical skills, all that stuff. I always had the tools, not to toot my own horn, but you know I always yeah. worked my my butt off to create the skills that I needed to be good at what I wanted to do. But what I lacked was the whole mental aspect and the confidence mm. in myself sure. to actually know that they're good enough. Mm. I always never, ever thought that it was always good enough. It was, I always needed more. Yep. And so with coach you, uh, it was my sophomore year playing football at, at Casa and I was Mr. Everything. I played every position that they wanted me to play and they needed me to play. Um, and he comes up, he goes, Hey, what do you want to, what do you want to play next year? Mm-hmm. You know, cause at varsity level, you could only play one side of the ball, football or offense or defense. It's like, I really want to play wide receiver. He goes, okay, I'll fight for you. 
And so like right away, like he kind of gained my trust and like just knew I could have that relationship with him. Yeah. You know, go talk to him about any, you know, basically a mentor there where, you know, if I had anything I needed, I could go talk to him. Um, and then he ended up passing away and I actually yeah. do have a tattoo for him. So I guess that's, oh, that's awesome. That's one that I can't really leave out there. Right, for sure. Um, and then Coach <laughs> yeah. Dub at, at Sierra, same thing. It's just I, I, he, he got on you when he let you know when you were failing, and when you were not doing what he wanted you to do and what you needed to do. He was kind of a screamer. He was loud. He was, but when he did something good, he was. He was jumping around, high-fiving, and just celebrating as just as loud for you yeah. as he would be yelling at you like, hey, you are you need to do something better. You need like, right. work harder. But then when you succeeded, he was throwing a party with you. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. there's, I remember there was a time where, you know, I, I would, I hit a home run playing for him and, and I get back in the dugout and he just gives me this big old punch right in the chest and just so excited. <laughs> Yeah. And this and that, like it was just a, a a cool relationship that I had with those guys. Um, and two is like if something was going wrong, those like those two guys, I could feel like I could go in their office and I could talk to them about any issues. I remember I was struggling at Sierra, and I went in there and talked to them like, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Maybe move to third instead of fourth. You know, so I not necessarily leading off innings because I wasn't typically a leadoff hitter." Mm -hmm. Um, and he listened, you know, and, and he tried it out and, and then, and I ended up going back to fourth cause it was better for the team and this sure. and that. And then also is like, you know, Hey, swing the bat more, you do this. Like, you know, you're good enough. Like the guys that like kind of helped reassure my ability, like really went a long way for me. Yeah. Um, and then also kind of like didn't let you be sluggish around the field is always pushing you to to do something or like right. hey the scouts here for you show your arm off like right. what are you doing right. <laughs> like show off like yeah he's here for you like you know and he always he wanted you to succeed and he always wanted you to there and you you kind of always knew that he had your back yeah um and to i would say too is is another guy that i i really liked was norm ryan too norm a ryan. football guy yeah um, I always like those guys that, that at the end of practice or the end of sessions, like they, they gave you those like life talks where, yeah. you know, I guess it's kind of my style now just because I was through that process and like relating stuff to life. And, and, you know, a lot of that stuff that I went through those practices or, or, you know, seasons with, it's still in me today based on, you know, the, the style of coaching that they had for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I've I've heard multiple people talk about both Coach U and Coach Ryan um, that when they played for him, and they said very very similar things, which is cool. I mean, I think, and it seems like that's the mentality that you guys have too. It's pretty obvious that both of your you know coaches, um, the coaches you guys had, had that kind of impact on you guys because it seems like that's a a core focus of what you guys are doing, um, which is cool because I, I like I said, that's the main. That's why we do what we do here at Character Combine is it's bigger than bigger than sports, bigger than life. It's a piece of it. It's the 
it's the mode in which you're teaching those life lessons. And mm -hmm. I, for me, it's like, what better way to do it? You get to have fun playing the game you love and you get to learn these things mm -hmm. and the discipline. It's, it's pretty incredible. This is also the sign of a, a really good episode of this podcast because I have so many questions that I have not gotten to yet, but we're just going to skip a bunch because this has been a, just a good conversation, good organic conversation. Um, but a couple more before we get you guys out of here. Um, so you guys obviously, I, I know you guys are connected to some, some guys that are performing at high levels, whether it's college or I think even the pros, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's that like for you guys when you guys see, you know, one of your guys who's at that next level and when you see them succeed like that's got to be the best feeling in the world right are you guys are you guys more nervous than they are no i, I think we're more confident than they are oh, okay because because oh, yeah. a, a lot of what happens with those guys is like they don't trust their ability to the extent that that i think that they should i think a lot of people don't give them the credit that they deserve you know and that's normal for everybody I so mean, it's, what do you mean by that by by being good enough you know like they don't they don't you are your own worst critic and that that holds true doesn't matter who you are you are your own worst critic, right? So like for us, we get these guys, like for, for me, first kid that comes to mind is Nolan Wilson. And he's a kid that I've been with since he was nine years old, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. He's now 18 years old. He, you know, committed to, to UNR on division one scholarship. And awesome. like watching that kid from age 10 until uh, 18. And even recently he was going through some struggles and I'm like, dude, just, just trust your ability, man. And like, we're not nervous for those guys. I'm proud. I think that's the biggest, biggest feeling that comes from that is sure. being able to be a positive force in that kid's life and then watching him develop and grow into the man that he became. Baseball aside, that kid's my friend. He's, he's a, a brother of mine. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, and that's kind of, that's kind of the approach that I've always taken and, and more so than the baseball accomplishments. I'm just proud of the, the way that kid turned out, what he's, what he cares about, the teammate that he is, the character that he's got, the work ethic, the, um, ability to be vulnerable and have those conversations and open up. And like, you know, a lot of that was not only him and his parents obviously did a great job, but a lot of that was to the interactions that we had and just being able to, to say like, when baseball's done, cause it will end, nobody here plays forever, right? right? When that stuff's done, what kind of person are you gonna be? And that's kind of how I've watched a lot of these guys grow up. And that, that I think is what gives me the proud feeling more so than their accomplishments in baseball. It's just right. like one pocket of it, you right. know? So that's great. So yeah, so no, I'm not, I'm not nervous for them. I'm proud of them. Watch them. I just, you know, the biggest thing is just believe in yourself the way that everybody else believes in you, you know? And that's, that's a hard message for some guys to receive. Um, but I think if you can get that message across, it's, it's pretty powerful for the, the person receiving. So I love it. It's yeah. awesome. I would say the only th I wouldn't get nervous for him. I get this might sound bad, but I'll get kind of angry sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Not in just, just because because he's like he's I'm, like rubbing I'm his watching neck. Yeah. I'm like if I'm watching him on TV or or you know go to a game and and support him or this and that, and they'll take like a fastball for a strike. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like swing at that. Like. What are we looking for? Yeah, you know, and they're they're taking a bunch of pitches, and I'm just like, oh god, like, come on, yeah, like that's that's me because I'm like, oh, like, hit that, like that's your pitch, like, right. you got the swing, like we're working for that, like, <laughs> you know, what are you looking for? So like for me, it's more of that aspects of it. It's giving you those gray hairs um, early. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, again, it's you know trying to. It's easier said sitting on the you know sitting yeah. on the sideline or in the stands than actually going up there and doing it because you have so much other things going in your head. Right. Um, 
but you've been there before, which is make, why it's so But difficult. it's also like, you know, yeah. you have a little bit, now that you're not playing, you can kind of sit back and you can you can dissect things a little bit differently. You don't have to necessarily perform. You, you have more of that mental aspect, the, the thinking behind stuff. Right. You don't have to necessarily go out there and perform. Um, so it's a little bit easier in that regard. So like me saying that, you know, it's, I understand sometimes why they're they're taking it or this and that, even though sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, everything why? inside is like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of times too, it's like they just don't they don't give themselves enough credit, or they're sometimes what you what happens is like they're they're they want validation, you know, they want hmm. they want that validation, like, hey, was that a good one? You know, was that Val- a good swing? Validation from you or yeah, from anybody from, in their life? From like from me. Yeah, yeah. And and when we're working on the hitting aspect. Yeah. You know, hey, what do you got on that? Like, you know, like it's not like it's my my question is always like, what do you feel? Like, did that feel good to you? They probably hate that too, don't they? Sometimes they're Push just like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, then, I, then it's like, then I try to work them through what they're asking. You know, hey, well, how'd you hit that? You know, well, I hit it all right. Well, okay. So, how, did it feel okay? And then stay with that. Like, work from that. Like if it feels good to you and you felt like in, in the process of working so long, you get to a point where we have those conversations, um, you should know that it felt okay. You don't necessarily need my validation all the time. Like I'll give it to you, but like at the same time, I want you to feel confident in your swing and know that that was a good swing from you, not for me. Right. Cause again, like, you know, I always tell my guys is like, I've done my job when you don't need me anymore. Hmm. And that's like kind of how I try that's to good. go about mm-hmm. things is yeah. like, I've done my job to my full extent if you don't need me anymore. So I try to train them in the aspect of like, I ask them so many questions. Uh, I'll ask like, what do you feel? You know, what do you got? You know, what do you feel? All these certain questions to get them to understand what exactly is going on with themselves so they feel it and they know how to fix it right away right. rather than waiting for somebody like and rather than like rolling a ball over five times in a row then stepping out and like hey what's going on hmm. and they're asking me it's like well what's your ball telling you you're doing you're rolling the ball over so obviously your barrel's coming out and around blah blah, blah all this other sure. stuff right sure so i try to get them to understand like hey honestly what is your ball telling you that you're doing you got a good ball flight. You got it. It feels good. Great swing. Yeah. You know, so um, a lot of times, too, it's just that. It's just trying to get them to understand, like, hey, that's what you want. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're always their harshest critic, and it's never good enough. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is there's a fine balance, right? And then that's it why always, the level, and then but, it always mm-hmm. what happens, too, is it's always – they end up getting frustrated in themselves because right. it's not good enough. And then all of a sudden they're digging themselves deeper in the hole. I always tell them like, once you get frustrated, we're done. I'm over. Like right. I can't help you anymore. Cause now yeah. you've shut everything off and nothing's going to be good enough. You're going to get one and it's going to be like, Oh, well that was better. And then you're going to get two other crappy ones. Right. And then get yeah. one more good one. It's like you're you're always going to be doing this, and it's going to be going downhill with a little bit of spurt of up, and then continue down in that hole. Right. Well, especially with a with a sport like baseball or softball, right? One of our pre, I guess maybe two or three weeks ago was telling us about or talking to us about this. It's like you have to 
you have to like forget stuff quickly, right? And then move on to the next thing. Otherwise, like you said, it's just gonna be this, this wavy ride that's gonna mm -hmm. drive you crazy. And so especially with a sport like baseball or softball, if you're the third out of the inning, and then you have to go play left field, you don't get any balls hit to you, you're standing out there, all you're doing is thinking about that previous at bat, mm -hmm. and you have all of this time, and then you don't get the, you probably won't get to bat the next inning, so you're still thinking about and dwelling on it, and it just becomes this, this nasty snowball that just is gonna blow up in your head pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. with, a, with a sport like that, I imagine the same thing with golf. Any, any sport, they were saying any sport where you have plenty of time to think mm -hmm. about the mistake. It's a killer. It's a killer. Basketball, yeah. it's like, you can't. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have time. Right. Football, kind of the same thing. You don't have time to do it. Right. You know, baseball, softball, golf. Oh, you got a lot brutal. of time to think, and that's... you got to have that short-term memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And For understanding, sure. too, that, you know, for any baseball players out there, it's like, Two games. It's defense and offense. They're separate. They're independent of each other. They right. can't help each other, but right. they can. They can certainly hurt each other. Absolutely. You know. So. Yeah. And it's it's understanding like if I go zero for one, I'm gonna get two other abs. What can I do with right. that? You know, am I right. gonna am I gonna let my zero for one take me to zero for two, and then my zero for two take me to zero for three, or am I gonna take zero for one? Okay, that's in the past. Now I, I still have two abs to go two for three. Right. And that's a hell of a day. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so it's, it's how you, it's again, it's how you look at your opportunities. Right. Absolutely. Um, you're going to kind of take a hard right here. And before like I said, I don't want to keep you guys too long. I appreciate you guys coming through and talking yeah, of with me. Um, so obviously you guys are busy. You have to balance, you have to balance business. You have to balance coaching. You have to balance your own personal lives. What do you guys do when you're not working, coaching, training? What do, what do you guys do to relax and kind of keep life balance shoot man i have a dog i love that dude oh wait, what kind of dog uh he's a pit mix i rescued oh, him nice okay it's awesome yeah, he's big dumb big dumb pit bull but uh <laughs> so i kick it with that guy and then yeah. she liked to work out cool. and honestly uh, i'm a reader i'm a learner uh i'm in school full time um which I graduated at the end of april which is awesome hey congrats <laughs> that's awesome um, well done which is cool and then yeah. uh so that and then two relationships and a big relationship guy. So like just friends, I like hanging out with friends, seeing friends. Got it. Um, I think, I think life is not so much about, you know, stashing away acorns and working away in the office. You're never going to, you know, you're never going to look back and be like, man, I wish I had worked more. I wish I did, uh, spent more time on my phone or spent more time here, right. you know, doing whatever it is. It's all about relationships. So for me, like I'm talking to family, I'm hanging out with friends, um, learning, you know, trying to fill my, my mind up with some knowledge that I can go and pass on to, to other people. So, uh, cool. so that's me. Cool. Uh, I'm a big workout junkie. Okay. So I work out you guys are both in good shape, by the way. Yeah, I, I told Deb before, I'm like, we've got to see green people that are in better shape than me. It makes me feel bad when I leave this place. No, nah, it's so motivation, got, dude. Flip there, it. You know there we go. I appreciate it. Okay, you know what? I'm going to try to get in better shape. Flip it. There you go. So, sorry, uh, man. I didn't cut you off. No, it's all good. I, I work out all the time, yeah. every morning, basically. And then right now, too, I'm training for a half marathon. So I've been oh, doing nice. a lot more running. Okay. Um, but other than that, I'll, I'm not a big reader, but... I get books all the time and probably read half of it and move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I try to I try to continue to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make that audiobook switch. I'm always watching baseball too, which is sometimes it gets a little bit overwhelming because it's <laughs> okay. I, I watch 24, 24 really? seven Zero. baseball. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially when when MLB season starts, I'll watch. I'll for me it's. 
I watch it. I'll watch hitters. Yeah. And I'll watch Tennessee's. Like, I just try to learn. I continue to learn about certain things, learn what other guys are talking about hitting. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's hard to sometimes turn the actual coaching sure. lifestyle off. Right. <laughs> Um, You're not alone. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll see something and, and my mind will continue to go, you yeah. know, with with new ideas of hitting and how it can go and how I can, you know. Um, oh, cramp. I'm sorry. Hold on. No, you're good. Hammy cramp. Uh-oh. Um, That's a first on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, so, we haven't had that happen before. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, but, yeah, so I do that. I like to just basically hang out. Okay. There's not there's not much I'm not I'm not that exciting of a guy. <laughs> to be honest. I mean Hey, that's all right, man. I hang out with friends all the time. Yeah. Um but yeah, sports, big sports guy. Cool. Hey man, whatever it takes to just relax and kind of, you yeah, know, decompress, take that pressure off from whatever your, your job is or the coaching or whatever it might be. So yeah. if it's, if it's all those things that works. Yeah. Um, so man, once again, guys, I appreciate you guys coming through, uh, where can they follow you on social media, all that stuff. You can find us on Instagram, uh, pro form underscore baseball. And then, um, if you're looking for us as the people I'm at brood fresh, uh, brood underscore fresh, I think. And then. Scotty? Uh, my personal is Tiscate24. <laughs> All right. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, come, come check us out. We'll post some, some good information on our, uh, on our Instagram as far as videos and, and uh, yeah. little blurbs that help guys. So Yeah, they definitely, they definitely do. And then where are you guys located? What's the? Uh, we're actually located in Roseville, so it's uh, industrial. So 10560 Industrial Avenue in Roseville. Cool. So, yeah, come check us out. Come check them out. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Sports Character, Facebook Character Combine, Instagram at Character Combine, LinkedIn, which we don't post anything, so don't waste your time. <laughs> uh, YouTube, we got some, uh, some pretty dope clips of speakers from the past. Um, and I, that's pretty much it. I don't usually do that part. That's uh, usually dev. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I nailed all that. And, uh, and I'm not lying, guys. You, guys. you guys should start a podcast. I think that would be a, a good thing for sure because you guys said a lot of really good things on here, and I think a lot of parents, coaches, athletes could benefit from it. So, Appreciate um, Yeah, for sure. So uh, a pro form training, baseball training podcast coming pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.